0: Good morning, church. Good morning. I want to welcome you again to Christ City, uh, especially if this is one of your first times with us, uh, if you're visiting. Um, we, we don't have a choir every week. I just want to set the expectations really clearly. Um, we, uh, today is, uh, is a, a special service for us. Um, DC is such a transient city. And so, so many of us leave during the holidays. Um, so we don't typically do a Christmas day service. Our Christmas Eve services have been online or have consisted of like sort of smaller gatherings. And so um, each year we sort of have one big, like Christmas service. And so you are lucky enough to have stumbled upon that service today. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so welcome. Um, if I haven't met you, uh, my name is Andrea. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ City, um, and um, just what a day to be together, right? What a day to be together and celebrate Advent. I just, I just need to take a minute um, just to say thank you to Minister Jocelyn Henderson over here. Come on. Jocelyn, this is... Jocelyn came on board with us in January, so she's had an Easter, right? And this is her first Advent, Christmas season, so listen. Just, it's, she's worked really hard for today. The choir has worked hard today, and we are just really blessed. Um, so blessed. Yes. Yes. So yes, we are in the season of Advent. This is Advent. It's the season in the Christian liturgical calendar um, that leads up to Christmas. So our Advent theme this year, you've kind of already seen it. Um, Our Advent theme this year has been good news and great joy. It's taken straight from the narrative of Jesus' birth uh, in the Gospel of Luke, which we heard read again this morning. It's when an angel announces to the shepherds in the middle of the night that Jesus has been born. So each week we're also reflecting on the four like, traditional Advent virtues. So those are hope, love, joy and peace. You can see those on like our Christmas decorations. I don't know if you've looked closely enough at the reeds, but the v- virtues are in there too. So you know just they've been there even if you didn't know. <laughs> um, but we, we've been um, reflecting on each of these, and we'll do that um, one each week until Christmas Eve. We've also been lighting our the Advent candles on our Advent wreath alongside preaching on these virtues. So a couple of weeks ago, Matthew, uh, Pastor Matthew, opened us up on hope. Um, he challenged us to think about what it might look like to let hope cast out the fears and the anxieties that we're carrying with us into this season. And then last week, we lit the second candle. Uh, It symbolizes love. And Pastor Justin reminded us that we are loved by God and reminded us to think through the implications, the many implications of that. And he led us through a meditation based on 1 Corinthians 13 to sit in this truth that we're loved by God. God is patient with me, God is kind to me, God does not keep a record of my wrongs, God never fails. Today, we have lit the third candle, the pink one, um, and it's representing the virtue of joy, of joy. Um, Before we dive in today, I want to make one more plug for the Advent guide. Uh, Christ City this year has made, we've made this devotional guide. um, It tracks with our theme and each Advent virtue week to week. It's completely virtual it's all or digital it's not virtual it's digital um, it's been so so great um, I'm so excited about this week's reflections and the resources a very special thank you to all who have contributed to this guide um, there have been pieces written and reflections um, written by people in the Christ City community and people who are connected to our community so it's wonderful um, you can check it out on our website um, this week's page will be released later this afternoon so I hope that Um, you can find it as a good resource for you as you continue to walk through Advent. So joy and the virtues of Advent. I feel like the virtues that we go through each year, like these hope, love, joy, peace ones, I think sometimes they can seem kind of um, basic, like sort of like the live, laugh, love of the Christian church (laughs) world. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with live, laugh, love or hope love, joy, peace. I think sometimes we just can take them for granted. They seem to be these really elementary things. I think we can get kind of numb to the depth of these virtues, um, of what hope is, how it affects us. You know, the implications of love, both for us and for those around us. Um, The steadiness, the stability that peace brings us. I'm glad we get to come back to them each year at this time to remember together the significance, the weight of hope, of love, of joy, and of peace in our faith. Today we're talking about joy. I feel like joy is the thing. It comes up so much around this time of year. It's like everywhere. And I think it gets co-opted a lot of the time, like at Christmas especially. I think as a society, we tend to dilute the meaning of joy. Like we've redefined it as um, Like happiness or um, a euphoric feeling something fleeting that we're constantly in pursuit of right Uh, Eugene Peterson describes this constant search pretty frankly I'm just gonna read it um, to you Uh, I felt attacked by this so welcome to my world (laughs) a common but futile strategy for achieving joy this kind of joy is trying to eliminate things that hurt get rid of pain by numbing the nerve ends, get rid of insecurity by eliminating risks, get rid of disappointment by depersonalizing your relationships, and then try to lighten the boredom of such a life by buying joy in the form of vacations and entertainment. We pay someone to make jokes, to tell stories, to perform dramatic actions, to sing songs. We buy the vitality of another's imagination to divert and enliven our own lives. And the enormous entertainment industry in America is a sign of the depletion of real joy in our culture. But that kind of joy never penetrates our lives. It never changes our basic constitution. The effects of that are extremely temporary. A few minutes, a few hours, a few days at most. And when we run out of money, the joy trickles away. Attacked, right? Hashtag attacked. But this is true, right? I think we could see this. This is so true, particularly about like the industry that is Christmas. Listen, I don't, I, don't want you to hear, I don't want you to hear me say that a vacation or presents or fun is bad. I think if you know me at all, I think you would know that I wouldn't say that. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> there, is, there is theological meaning to our delighting in things in our lives, okay? It can be very healthy and right to go on a vacation. It can be a a real comfort to eat a delicious meal with like your people, right? Or to be entertained by a well-told story like in a movie or a book. It can bring us delight to, oh, I don't know, buy a kid that you love, an overly-priced Squishmallow stuffed animal as a Christmas gift even though they already have five. (laughs) Sorry, Drew. sorry not sorry <laughs> those things can be healthy they're they're fun they can bring delight and I don't want you to hear me say that's not what we should do okay <gasps> we, <laughs> we just have a great um, a Christmas mouse <laughs> It's a Christmas mouse who wanted to come from his living place in the closet to celebrate Advent service with us today. Come on. Nature.
1: All heaven and nature
0: nature are here to sing. (laughs) Um, Sorry, Betty. I, I just want to say um, it could happen again and that's okay we're just gonna be here we are just gonna be here yes thanks Anna <laughs> so joy that's where we were so joy no but seriously things like a vacation things like presents those things can be fun they can be healthy they can be good those things can be good things they bring delight but They are not the foundation for the joy that we're reflecting upon in Advent, okay? Let's not get that confused. So what does this mean about joy? What is it? Where does it come from? So you heard our series scripture in Luke read already today. The angel appears in the sky, announces to the shepherds in the field in the middle of the night, do not be afraid. For see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. The good news that causes great joy, the original spark of joy, if you will, is Jesus. Jesus is a source of this joy. Because the arrival, the birth of Jesus signifies that God is with us. That's the meaning of Emmanuel, another word you hear a lot around church at Christmas time. Emmanuel means God with us. God in the flesh. God moving into the neighborhood. God confirming to us our greatest hope in the arrival of Jesus, that we have not been left alone. That God has come. That God is here. Joy, then, is the result of knowing that God is near. And at Christmas, we celebrate, like it says in John, the word becoming flesh and living among us. It's this flesh and blood promise that we are not alone, that God is near. And the source of joy, of true joy, is not in what we have. It's not in what's happening around us. It's that God is with us. And in Jesus, that's the promise that we receive. Where Jesus is, there is joy. Joy is the fruit of God's nearness. I think part of the reason that many of us struggle to find joy in this season is because we're like told to associate or identify joy with just like feeling good, just like feel good and easy. Um, like Christmas advertising is peak capitalism right come on like we're not even being covertly sold the idea that we should feel good all the time and like do whatever it takes to make our lives easier it's just in our face I think that the ultimate test to determine what kind of joy we're pursuing is seeing how the joy holds up when bad things happen counterfeit joy folds pretty quickly when there's no money or you've lost your job, or you're in an accident, or a relationship that you value deteriorates. Counterfeit joy has nothing to say to a city with the highest rate of gun violence in the United States. It has nothing to say to systemic racism, to war. If the required cost of the joy that you're pursuing is a rejection or a denial of all the bad things in the world, we have to ask ourselves if that's real joy. The word to the shepherds from the angel came in the middle of the night to a group of people at the bottom of their social ladder in an empire-occupied town while they were at work. In the middle of everything. True joy has this ability to coexist, to be experienced within, in the midst everything else. Grief doesn't cancel out joy. The the presence of sorrow or hardship does not mean that joy cannot also be present. At Christmas, at Advent, we recognize that joy can reveal itself in waiting. Joy can show itself in chaos. That joy can hold its own alongside loss. Its Its presence isn't snuffed out by chaos or even mundanity. The Psalms tell us that sorrow lasts for a night and joy comes in the morning, yes. But the shepherds here remind us that joy can burst through in the middle of the night too, even in the midst of darkness. Real, true joy does not diminish the reality of darkness in the world. Instead, it shows up like a light in the middle of that darkness, reminding us that it's there. And it's not snuffed out by the hard things of the world. Joy holds strong in the midst of hardship and struggle and sorrow because it is originated in and sustained by God. God who is near to us. God who is alongside. True joy holds its weight when it's faced with tragedy, when it's faced even with injustice. Joy and suffering, joy and sorrow, joy and lament can exist side by side they can run parallel because real joy isn't contingent on circumstances, it's not contingent on feelings. Joy that's founded upon the presence and the person of God does not allow us to be overtaken. The good news to us at Advent is that God is present amongst us and that God's presence is not static, right? Joy is produced from God's action in our lives that always moves us towards shalom. It moves us towards wholeness, towards harmony, towards what is rightly ordered. God's Spirit is always drawing and leading us into deeper communion with God's self and with each other. God's Spirit moves us from bondage to freedom, from scattered to whole, from darkness to light. God's presence forms us. And when God's active presence does this, it brings about joy. Joy is not a thing that we have to produce for ourselves. It seems like it can be, or like I think we get told that sometimes. It's not. Joy is a gift, joy is a gift for us to receive. In the second scripture that we read today, the passage from John 15, Jesus is talking with his disciples. So he's he's getting closer to the point where he's gonna be betrayed, handed over to the authorities, and then ultimately put to death. Now Jesus knows this. He's trying to, um, he's taking a moment before all this happens to comfort the disciples and to teach them before this all goes down. Our scripture today is a more It is a more familiar section of scripture. Sometimes it's referred to as the vine and the branches or um, the true vine. So Jesus says to them, abide in me as I abide in you. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. And then verse seven, my father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. He's telling them that he is the source of their life. their thriving. That his commands and God's commands are the same, and that ordering their lives around those commands and following them produces fruit. It produces thriving Abide in me as I abide in you. Without me, you won't grow. A branch cannot bear fruit by itself if it's disconnected from the vine. Stay with me. Follow me. This isn't just a farewell commandment list, though. This is what I find so interesting. Jesus makes this really plain in verse 11 when he says, I have said all these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Hear, hear this good news that brings great joy this morning, church. We are not left alone to fend for ourselves. Our life is sustained by Jesus, the true vine. And our call is to abide, to remain in him, to recognize our attachment, our dependence to recognize our need for nourishment and sustenance that we cannot produce on our own, but is offered to us in Jesus. We are given Jesus' joy, and that is what sustains us. Joy is the result of being near to God, that God is near. Joy is the result of remaining attached to the vine. It's the result of what happens when we are in step with the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit includes joy the fruit of the Spirit love joy peace patience so what does it look like to experience and have joy this is the question right this is a hard question particularly considering the many dumpster fires that I feel like we find ourselves surrounded by often amen I want to say really clearly That a message on joy that encourages you to just ignore or dismiss the very hard realities that you are facing, that we are facing, is toxic. Okay? We cannot be dismissive of the hard things in our lives and in the world. I'm really proud to be a part of a church community that even though we are not perfect, we continue to try to engage in the work of justice where we can. We hold to the conviction that God has called us to join in the work of making right the things that are not right, of resisting the things that stand in opposition to God's kingdom. That's really important work, and I'm really proud to do it with you. And let us not forget that work also does not originate with us. We have not just been dropped somewhere and left alone to fend for ourselves. We are called to this kind of work. We are called to participate in the active presence of God in the world, to act in step with the spirit. But even in this, the work of justice is originated in and sustained by God. And engaging in this kind of work is meant to deepen our joy. Sometimes it feels like we have the choice to either work towards a more just, a better, a more equitable world or enjoy the world. (laughs) That feels like a real choice sometimes. I feel like guilt comes into play there, especially when we talk about joy, what it means to have joy. You've probably heard the phrase or seen the hashtag joy as resistance. This originated in the black feminist movement. It's become a more familiar phrase for folks who engage in justice work too. Joy as resistance. I was reading an article this week on joy that described joy as an antidote to despair. Joy helps us stay when we're surrounded by that which might drag us into despair. It sustains us in times such as today when we have far more questions than we have answers. Claiming and reclaiming joy is an act of holy resistance. Joy as resistance. This is what's offered to us when we abide in Jesus. When we recognize the nearness of God as our source of life and joy, the joy of Jesus is offered to us. God has drawn near to us. I was thinking this week as I was reflecting on uh, on what I was going to say today, how funny it is sort of that um, joy is an Advent virtue when the Advent season is so primarily focused a lot of the time on waiting. On waiting. But joy is still in the waiting, isn't it? C.S. Lewis wrote a book called Surprised by Hope. Um, But in it he writes that joy is distinct because it must have the stab, the pang, the inconsolable longing. That joy has an inconsolable longing. It reminded me of like when you're a kid the lead up to Christmas morning is almost just as good or sometimes it's like a better yeah. than Christmas morning. It's, I mean, Christmas morning, you can't top it, right? But like, it's almost better. The lead up to that is almost better than like your wrapping paper glory. It's the promise that cultivates the joy. Advent is a season of waiting. It is a season of longing, but it is also a season of joy. The anticipation doesn't negate the joy, but in fact grows it. This is where joy and hope intersect, I think. We ache for something different because we believe something different is possible. Looking forward to that is part of the joy. It's how we have joy while we're living in this already and not yet reality of the kingdom of God. It's come, but not all the way. We know that God has been with us, that God is with us now, and that God will be with us. So how do we receive joy? What does this mean for us practically? I think one place to start is to just recognize it. I want to invite you into two uh, simple reflection practices of joy this week as we move closer to Christmas. Um, sometime this week, or just, you know, in the next couple of weeks, um, take a couple minutes, take some time to reflect, grab a journal, grab a friend, um, and reflect on these two phrases, okay? Where God is, there is joy. And where I am joyful, God is there. Where God is, there is joy. And where I am joyful, God is there. So for this first one, where God is, there is joy. Take some time to reflect on and then name, like write down or say out loud the signs that you can see that God is with you. You can look backward. You can look forward. You can name how God is alongside you right this second. What are the signs of God alongside? What are they? And then reflecting on that second phrase where I am joyful God is there this is basically a gratitude practice okay last night I asked my youngest daughter Rowan while I was working on this sermon uh, how she experiences joy like just I was just curious like what she was gonna say um, and she the thing that she did was begin naming things that she was thankful for like I didn't prompt her I just asked the question and then let her do it and she started naming things she was thankful for I think Gratitude helps us name joy because gratitude requires acknowledgement of a gift. And joy is a gift. Joy is a gift. I wanna close uh, this morning with a poem. Uh, I'm not big on poems because I don't get them most of the time. (laughs) Um, But I do wanna read this one to you. This is a poem by Mary Oliver. Uh, Maybe you know it. It's called Don't Hesitate. So I'd invite you to just listen and receive. If you suddenly and unexpectedly feel joy, don't hesitate, give in to it. There are plenty of lives and whole towns destroyed or about to be. We are not wise and not very often kind and much can never be redeemed. Still, life has some possibility left. Perhaps this is its way of fighting back that sometimes something happens better than all the riches or power in the world. It could be anything, but very likely you notice it in the instant when love begins. Anyway, that's often the case. Anyway, whatever it is, don't be afraid of its plenty. Joy is not made to be a crumb. Friends, we remember today that (laughs) Joy is offered to us through the birth of Jesus. A surefire sign that God is with us. That this joy is abundant and it's available and it's at hand. And as we continue to reflect this Advent season, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear that God is with you. God is with you. God is close. God is not far, but God is near. And this is good news because it's our great joy. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for your gift of joy. We thank you that um, because it emanates from you, it has power to coexist with the many other things that feel opposite to joy. God, thank you that your presence is with us. Thank you that that's what you have promised. Thank you that you prove that to us. God, I I thank you for um, the people even in this room who, who modeled this for me, for us. That joy sits with us in waiting. It sits with us in sorrow and in loss and in uncertainty. God, I thank you that the depth of joy of your joy is not affected by our circumstances and it's not affected by what's going on around us but God that it's marked by your steadiness I ask God that as we as we continue to celebrate today as we, as we continue to celebrate what Advent means and Christmas and as we sing together and as we eat together God that Um, that joy would be apparent because your spirit is apparent. Would you allow us to recognize that you're here with us? Would you allow us to experience your joy? God, we give you praise and honor and thanks for this gift. In Jesus' name, amen.